Hi. Yes. Hello. Um, I know this is a little bit of a different introduction, um, but as I was finishing this episode, I remember that a lot of my audience members have kids, and there is a there. There's a little more profanity in this episode than normal. Um, there's like I think it's like two, three, hundred and twelve f bombs just sprinkled, um, sprinkled a little bit just around the episode. Um, so I wanted to give off a profanity warning before I start the episode. I know that podcasts are normally um, heard through phone, so odds are most of my audience members have it in their earphones and headphones anyway, but I, I just, uh, I don't know, I, I didn't want it to run the risk of having this play on a desktop or a car radio and then me saying something and having the kids in the back be like, oh, cool, a new word, you know, so um, I just wanted to start the episode off with that. Uh, I usually don't try to add this stuff into my episodes unless uh, unless it changes the impact of the story and i felt like by censoring myself uh it wouldn't really have the same impact on or uh, th- this episode wouldn't have the same oomph that it would normally have so um i apologize in advance just want to give you guys a warning um there is a lot there's there is more profanity in this than normal so listener discretion is advised all right. Thanks a ton. Love ya. Hi, I'm MK Lot, and this is Quarantine Campfire. This is a part two of the recommended episode from last week by Olivia. And the topic was, what was my craziest client? Now, I I thought about it. I decided to give a week just to really think about if there were any more crazy clients. Um, and that was pretty much it. And there weren't really crazy clients more than more than they were just crazy situations. Like I remember um, trying to get bees out of a koi pond and the neighbor next door literally popped his head over the gate and was like demanding money from uh, from the couple that I was working for. So um, didn't. Yeah, no, not a lot of awkward encounters at all. It was very. Um, it's very nice. So there was that um, there was one. Uh, where I had to take care of this bank owned house with, which by the way, if you go to Vegas, bank owned houses are terrifying. I'm, I'm sure my stepdad can say otherwise because he deals with this stuff all the time. So he's probably got more experience than I do. But the ones that I had, they were like, they were vandalized beyond all ends. There were doors that were like broken into. It was like someone took like a, like an ax and just went full shining on all these different doors. Um, so I saw a lot of those, um, I, uh, so I, you know, remember trying to clean out this shed of a hive and I start hearing meowing and I look down underneath all this rubble. Like it was just like, they broke up the wood from the doors and just threw them into the back of the and into the backyard. And I look down, there's this litter of kittens. They were just watching me and they were too scared to, um, to go out because of the bees. And I guess their mom or something like that was on the other side of the street because there were people in the neighborhood asking me about them. So I think they wound up adopting the litter um, once the bees were gone. But there were those. Um, and I think there's a really, really big one that really defined my mentality towards this job. Um, it was in my second summer, but it really changed my mentality. Um, 
about about pest control and kind of where I wanted to go from there. Um, and so this isn't my craziest client more than it is my craziest situation. So I got a call for this beehive coming out of a chimney. It was honestly a really, really generic call. And at the time, I had this um, pack with me that was full of this solution that I could just spray and you know it would exterminate the bees. So I go in and, you know, the guy shows me where the bees are. And I, you know, I give him the usual spiel of, um, of what I was going to do. I just said, okay, I'll grab my ladder. I'll go up there. I'll spray the bees. Um, it should be like a couple minutes or so by the time that's done. Um, I'll collect payment and I'll be on my way and let me know if, if they come back. Because unfortunately that was actually a really recurring theme. Bees would come back quite often because the pheromones would still be there. So I did that. I grabbed my stuff. I grabbed the bee suit. I walk back and his neighbor, and I, I don't know why I remember it. Well, I probably because of what happened. Um, I remember he was wearing cargo shorts, sandals, and a purple shirt. And he looks at me and he's like fixing a, a grill or something like that. And he goes, Hey, do we need to be worried? And I'm like, no, this is a pretty generic. Um, this is a pretty generic job. You don't have to worry. I should be done pretty quickly. And so I go in and keep in mind, Vegas has an oddly high amount or an oddly high population of Africanized bees. So Africanized bees are just, they're bees that have been messed with genetically. And as a result, they are highly, highly aggressive. But on the flip side, their honey is really coveted because they're able to produce honey faster. And I think it's actually like sweeter. Like I've, I've never tasted, um, honey that I've collected before because I, I wasn't taught how to handle the honey properly. I was just taught to get rid of it. Um, but I've heard that it almost gives you like, um, it's like an immediate sugar rush. Like that's, that's how I've heard it. Um, be described. So I go up and they're already really aggressive. Like they're already stinging me. They're already like headbutting me to kind of like tell them uh, for them to tell me that I'm in their territory, which is usually what they do. Normal honeybees don't really do anything until you mess with them, basically until you kick the nest, essentially. Um, like I, I remember in college, um, this guy saw a bee and he's like, oh, I love bees. And he poked it like he, he pushed it off the flower. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I've seen this too many times. What are you doing? And it just went back in the flower and just did its thing and flew off back to the hive. A lot of bees are like that. Africanized bees are not. They, in fact, I think Africanized bees is like another name for killer bees or it's a very, very close, genetically close breed. And so I go up, I start spraying and they are flying out like bad flying out. Like I've never had that much, that huge of a rush of bees just come out before. And so I'm spraying, I'm, I'm spraying all around. I'm trying to get rid of as many as possible. And one of the things about this pack is you have to pump it up to build up the pressure to spray it. And so as I'm spraying, 
the nozzle, or I guess not the nozzle, but the tube, um, the part that immediately connects the tube to the to the pack itself bursts like it shatters and I can feel the solution going all the way down my back, all the way down my legs and I'm out like I'm completely out. And at this time I look up and the sky is dark. Like it granted it was sunset or it was about to, it was about to be sunset. It will like it, it great. It just darkened and there was so much buzzing and I can hear someone yell, Hey, they're in my goddamn house, dude. I'm like, and I just kept thinking like, okay, well, I can't think about that right now. I need to get rid of, I need to figure out how to deal with these things. And so I was already freaking out <laughs> because the thing about bee suits is they're bee resistant, but they're not bee proof. Meaning, um, like I'm, I'm wearing a winter coat right now, but if I like flex, like I, like I'm doing a bicep curl, the sleeve will tighten around my elbow, which means if a bee was right there, they could sting through the fabric and get into my elbow. And in addition to that, um, the BC that I had, had the, you know, the classic face mash and it stopped at the ankles and the wrists. So <clears throat> I had to wear gloves, you know, I had to wear pretty, pretty thick hiking socks. And, um, I, I actually had some military boots that a roommate of mine, a former roommate of mine, let me have because they were too small for him. So I wore military boots. I had hiking socks. I wore beekeeping gloves and I had a sun hat to kind of um, to puff out the, the face mesh a little bit. So it wasn't right in my face. These bees were so intense. They crawled into my glove. And later that night, like I had sting, I had bee stings and stingers still in me all the way up to my shoulder. And they crawled through the face mesh, like past the sun hat and just started stinging my face all over the place. Like I, I had like, maybe two stingers in my ear by the end of this time. And at this point I'm, I'm freaking out because I've never had this happen before. And the bees spread throughout the entire neighborhood. And usually like when you give, when you start dealing with Africanized bees, you kind of have to walk away a little bit just to kind of like let them calm down and let them kind of get their territory back. But they just kept spreading. Like, they were stinging my truck. They were stinging houses. They were stinging everything. And I hear someone go, Hey, and I turn around and it's that guy in the purple shirt who was the neighbor um, of the guy that I was working with. And I'm looking in the back and his kids are crying. His wife is like in full on panic mode. And the one thing he said to me that like, I, it's still, it still shakes me like whenever I think about it, but what he said to me was, you told me I was safe. What the hell? And I had to explain to him, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that these were highly aggressive bees because the fact of the matter is like, even though there is like a difference, like a physical difference, it's not that much. Of, it's not enough to identify it right off the bat. Like I think the, the true difference that you can see between like an Africanized or a killer bee and a European honeybee or an, or normal bee is the wing length is the wingspan. And obviously 
you're not going to figure out the wingspan in the heat of the moment. So after that, he, and part of my French for any of my family members who are listening to this, but he just started like smacking the bees away, called me a fucking asshole, slammed the door. And that was that. So I'm like, okay, well now he's gone, but he decided to open up his window because it had a face mesh and he kept giving me crap the whole time. He was like, Hey, are you going to fix this or not? And as, as he's doing that, I'm trying to call for help. Now my phone was in the pocket of my jeans, not the B suit, the jeans. So I had to like pinch the phone out of my pants, let it slide down the B suit and kind of like pinch it out from like the, the mesh and stuff. So that way I didn't take the suit off and get stung right off the bat. And I grabbed my phone. My phone was at 5%. And so I called my boss. I picked up the phone. I put it on speaker. And I, like, my voice was shaking. I, like, couldn't stay still. And I said, and I said, the, like, I've run out of supplies. The, there are bees all over the place. I can't control the situation. And I don't know what to do. So my boss called the guy who trained me, actually. The guy who trained me was there in like 10 to 20 minutes or so. Uh, he had a, like he was stocked to the brim with everything, sprayed it all and cleaned house. And we, and it was basically done in 15 minutes, even though I was there for almost an hour, maybe an hour and a half of just bees buzzing and, and all that and stinging and, and uh, you, you know, the, the usual stuff. Um, now, Granted, with the story that I just told, an argument could be made that I wasn't properly prepared. And in some ways, that's true. Um, But at the same time, I had my day was filled with other clients beforehand. So I was already low on stock and I didn't have time to get back to the office, grab supplies and then and then go. So. I, so that was all taken care of. I chatted with my trainer a little bit just to kind of get calmed down a little bit. And I hear the guy in the purple shirt behind me, uh, reaching out to me and he goes, Hey, I just wanted to apologize for my temper. Um, you know, I think the heat of the moment got the best of me and, you know, and I just thought that was super cool. And I, and I went, you know, that's, that's okay. I'm, I'm sure it got to me too. And this was just a weird situation. And then he said, yeah, I don't know if you just weren't properly trained or you weren't prepared enough, but um, yeah, I just want to apologize. And he slammed the window door and that was it. And I just remember sitting there looking up and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Thanks a a ton. Um, Yeah. And my trainer goes, was that dude giving you crap this whole time? I go, yeah. And he kind of laughs to himself and he goes, he didn't sound sober, which that, I mean, of course that always helped the situation. Um, but the worst, I think, well, not the worst part, but what was even worse about that day was he wasn't my only client that, that wasn't the last client of the day. I still had one more client to go to. And by then it was dark. So I had to use a flashlight for everything. And yeah, that whole thing was just, 
a nightmare. I never got paid because I went to go into my truck to grab the phone and my client is pulling out of his driveway. We make eye contact in each other's cars. He laughs and drives off and I never saw him again. So I didn't see a dime out of that, at least not to my knowledge. Um, maybe I got hourly pay, but yeah, I didn't, uh, I, I don't remember getting paid for that, um, for that trip. So that happened. I went to another client, um, and there is a little trick, like a little DIY, um, be exterminating trick. It's water and dish soap. That's all it is. Like if you have a thing of Dawn or even vinegar, um, that tends to do the job at home, but it's, um, it doesn't have the same kind of spread that you need. So I went to the gas station, got like an, a bottle of arrowhead and I got some dish soap, just mixed it up. And that was my solution. So I did that. I, uh, I kept getting stung again because wouldn't you know it trying to get rid of bees in the dark is not the easiest thing. So once that was done, I got in my truck and I drove home and I was covered. I was literally covered in blood, sweat, dirt, honey, tears, the whole nine yards. And I, yeah, I was just rattled to my core. And the next morning I come up and my secretary looks at me and she goes, what the hell happened? I kept getting phone calls all over the place. I kept getting phone calls from your side of town. And I was informed that two little girls were hospitalized. What did you do? And again, sorry for the profanity, but I just remember looking at her and just kind of being at a loss for words and just saying, I fucked up. And that's all I can really say. And that, I think that was the, that was the toughest part. It was just knowing that because of something that may have been out of, may have, may have been out of my control. It may have been because of like just something that I was ignorant about. I, I couldn't really tell you um, unless I did a little deeper mental work into it. But, but I, I remember that that stayed with me for a long time, knowing that I, I was so bad at my job that I endangered children and that mindset and that mentality carried with me for the entire time uh, that I worked in pest control. And that's actually, that was the, that was the moment where I just said, once this summer's done and once I have the money to take care of myself, I'm never doing this again. I can't do this again because it was just too much. And, and you know, the, the year after that, I, every, every morning for a year after that or so, I woke up to either the sound of buzzing or people screaming. And, uh, that was, that was a really, really tough time. Um, just for me mentally. 
So I'm so that that, that was kind of my craziest um, situation. But in the job's defense, not every situation was like that. That was the most radical. And in fact, I remember my boss calling me afterwards and he just said, yeah, that that was a once in a blue moon thing. And I'm I'm so sorry that it happened to be you. But on the other side of that coin, now that I've had some time to really think about that, because it's been... Oh man, it's been four, almost five years since I quit pest control. So now that I've had some time to think and I've had some time to clear my mind, um, there actually were a lot of really fascinating experiences that came out of that. Not in the sense of like they were bad and I just learned uh, how to not be an idiot anymore. It was just more like you, you got to learn how people are and you got to learn the way that people live and how they see life. And that, that's something that's been a really interesting topic of mine, uh, a really interesting topic to explore for me too. Like I, I love the idea of perceptual knowledge. I love figuring out how people see the world and knowing that I can I can see the world in like a new and cool way because I took the time to really listen to people and I took the time to really understand people's tastes and, and their likes and their dislikes, you know um, like that's uh, like, I, I love collecting music for that reason because when someone recommends a song to me, I think, Oh, like this is, this is what you think goodness sounds like. That's actually really cool. This is what you think joy sounds like. That's awesome. But going back to that, but, but so using that mindset, looking back at some of the uh, some of the clients I had before, um, I don't think I'll be able to get around to both of them. Well, you know, let's just shotgun it. I remember removing a beehive from these people's houses, and they were so grateful that I did that, that I was able to do it, you know, without harming them or anything like that. Um, they made me dinner. <laughs> They made me dinner and like they, they were just so, so generous. Now, granted, I didn't, I, I didn't try to abuse their hospitality. So I just kind of took it and left, but you know, there were just small little moments like that where people were willing to take the time to just make something or generate some sort of gratitude with me. And I think that was that was a really big game changer for me. Um, but the, the one that I really want to share was when I got to see the second client I ever had, like it was like training first client. I don't even remember my first client. And then my second client, which was, which were these guys, they had bees starting to uh, fly into their attic and potentially start a hive. And I remember these guys because they had a geographical map of Cuba in their house. And I, I think, I, I think it's safe to assume that the husband uh, was from Cuba. He had a really, really thick accent and um, you know, you can see a lot of Cuban culture in their house, which was cool. 
And normally when people, when I go to get a second, when I, when I go to do a second trip um, for people, they're not happy because usually I get welcomed with this idea of, Hey, asshole, I'm still in danger. Did you even bother doing anything the first time? What are you going to do this time? You know, that was, that was kind of the way that I was, uh, greeted. <laughs> that was the way I was greeted a lot of times in pest control. And at this time I was also doing window washing, um, as like a little side hustle that, my boss encouraged me to do. So my boss ran a pest control and a window washing company. Second summer around, I started to kind of spread my horizons a little bit and just wash windows. And so I always washed windows with um, a partner, which was awesome. It was so nice. And, and it was honestly just nice being able to work with someone because a lot of times I was on my own. I, aside from that one time when I called in help, I never had a partner. It was always just me. And so I was washing windows with, uh, with this person. And, and so we were wrapping up and the wife and the husband come out, but the wife looks at me and she goes, you look really familiar. And immediately, you know, I started thinking, uh Oh, cause it had been almost a year and a half since I had seen these guys. And she goes, did you, did you spray for us before? And I go, oh no. Um, but I, uh, I, I, I don't spray. I, uh, I, I don't do that. And she goes, oh, are you the B guy? And my, <laughs> my initial response was shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the B guy. And she goes up to my window washing partner who had been washing their windows for quite a while now. But she goes, this, this is the guy, this is the guy I was telling you about. We were, we were so freaked out. My husband is allergic to bees. If he gets stung, he he'll probably die. But this guy came up and he spread and and, 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 like he sprayed this thing on the bees and they were gone. We never had bee problems again. And she was just over the moon that she, that we crossed paths again. And I I'm honestly grateful now that I've learned mindset skills to really look at experiences in a different way. Because in that moment, I remember thinking, I remember thinking, well, yeah, I just, I did my job, but you don't, I, I, I had this mentality of like, you don't know what I've done. Like, you don't know who I've put in danger. Like, like you don't know who I've almost killed. Like there's no reason to celebrate this. And so looking back now, I, I really wish I cherished those moments more because they changed everything looking back at it. Like I, I really needed those moments because of all the crazy clients and all the crazy situations that I had like those. And you know, looking back at it, I could have only done so much in that situation, you know, but knowing that I, that not every client was a crazy client or not every situation was a crazy situation. And seeing that four years later and knowing what I know now, it's, it was honestly good to know that I, that I didn't encounter that at all times. And there was some good 
that came out of it. And I think my big takeaway from recollecting all those memories was the best things are the most quiet most of the time. You don't really hear or notice them until you get some time to breathe. So that is what I got today. Um, I know this was a really long episode. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm probably going to have to edit in a uh, a listener discretion episode because I don't think I've I don't think I've cussed this much before in an episode. And as I said that, I know that I have cousins who are almost all under the age of ten. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to notify the families. But thank you guys again so much for listening. Um, I'm always excited to see the podcast grow. Uh, we now have listeners in Australia, which means we are heard on six continents, still trying to get into Antarctica. And now we have listeners in Russia, which is super, super exciting to know. So thank you guys again so much. I'm always appreciative of you guys taking the time to listen. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy.